Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good force to be joined by Paul Raffleson. Paul, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate you having me on, Seth. Of course. So you were up to some really cool stuff in the world of podcasting. Uh, yeah. Am I up to? I don't know. I'm just. Uh, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm a lawyer. I've got a story to tell about uh, all the people we've dealt with in the last few years and helped and clients and crazy stuff. A lot of whom were in the shark space. Um, awesome. So let's go back in time. What inspired you to become a lawyer in the first place? That's a good question. Uh combination of things my my grandmother always told me that something i should do and it stuck with me and uh but i actually graduated in finance and uh in accounting in 2001 so it was a terrible time to be in finance in new york and uh decided that i didn't want to be a lawyer uh, an accountant and uh went to law school as i often say i failed the cpa i failed the cpa exam i thought it'd be easier to pass the bar than try to take it again uh that's kind of my story Okay. <laughs> and um, what area of law did you originally want to go into? Funny enough, actually immigration. I was really into immigration law when I was young, uh, you know, and still wanting to change the world. Um, I did some asylum work and that changed my outlook quite a bit. It's just, it's really hard. It's really tough stuff. You know, it's emotionally really draining on you. Um, and I realized like I just wanted to do something a little bit more, um, benign so i went into corporate and then not just corporate i went into tax law uh so ironically uh my accounting degree kind of came back to help me a little bit because now i was doing tax legal which is you know really nothing to do with accounting whatsoever but at the time it seemed like it was you know these courses were more interesting to me than tax as an accounting student uh as a legal student it was very interesting so uh, I did that. And then I went to work for a firm in Florida. Then I went to work for big companies like Microsoft, worked for Walmart, General Electric, and spent most of my life as a corporate in-house lawyer. Really fortunate. Um, I'm sure the longer version of this story could uh, could probably be in a book somewhere if it isn't already. Um, talk a little bit about what you're doing on a on a daily basis now. Okay, so... Yeah, so I, you know, we were very busy at General Electric, and and one of the things we helped them do is move up to Boston. They moved their corporate headquarters, kind of the way Amazon did that big flashy headquarters move. It's actually something they borrowed from us. Um, anyway, so when GE went up to Boston, I made a decision not to not to stick around anymore, and uh, decided to do my own thing. And that own thing led to this law practice by accident. So basically what happened was I wrote a blog post for somebody who used to work at Amazon 
Uh, my wife used to work in Amazon, the same area of the policing the marketplace, if you will. And uh, I wrote a blog post and uh, it was about sales tax and unlawful, you know, states basically threatening Amazon sellers and how that's wrong and that's incorrect. Um, so sort of taking the counter viewpoint uh, based on, you know, constitutional law and, and whatnot. Anyway, long story short, that snowballed into a law practice. That one, one blog post made me realize that, you know, there's this whole crop of entrepreneurs out there who have no idea what they're doing from a legal perspective. Uh, I believe that the legal industry is not really built for providing, you know, multi-state, multinational legal advice to small businesses. I mean, historically, that's something you do for large corporations. Like my clients were typically, you know, in the Fortune 50. Um, so here was, it was an, early, an interesting opportunity to scale kind of what I've learned uh, to make sure that we're, we're capturing what I call the, the, the rise of the global small business, because that's really who these guys are. They're global small businesses, which would have been an oxymoron prior to e-commerce. So that's, that's kind of what we did. We built this practice focusing on that. And who is the ideal client for that? And what are some of the issues that they're challenged with that you're helping them solve? Sure. So our law firm is really designed to help people from launch, from launching to growing to exiting. And usually it's like a flywheel. They want to do it again. A lot of our clients are serial entrepreneurs. So we're really built to help you wherever you are in the phase of starting your business, whether it's the early, early, early idea phase. Um, and you want to understand how to execute, how to, you know, kind of get to places we can help you sort of with those things while also teaching the important legal things you need to know, whether it's about LLCs, trademarks, patents, whatever it is that you're, you know, you need to know about your business. We can, you know, importing, um, dealing with platforms like Amazon compliance with the laws, things like that. We're kind of built to help you do that stuff on the front end. Um, and then as you grow issues come up, right? So we help you with those issues as they come up, whether it's, you know, a, an unfortunate, you know, person's trying to sue you or just, you know, typical growing pains, maybe an intellectual property issue. Uh, and then exit, you know, we've helped our clients realize about half a billion dollars in, in proceeds, actual cash in hand. So we're, we're not a huge firm, but uh, we've definitely doing a lot. Uh, we, you know, we, there was a big, big, big bubble, big demand for e-commerce, especially Amazon sellers the last few years. It's kind of bubbles kind of pop now. So, so it's come down, but during that sort of 2020, 2021 period, we were doing, uh, in fact, we did almost a quarter billion alone in just 2021. So we've done quite a lot uh, in that space. That is absolutely incredible. What have been some of the most interesting situations you've seen? I mean, it's interesting is, is uh, I mean, I think a lot of it's interesting what we do. I mean, we see, we just see so much, whether it's, you know, the latest legal issue that's bothering our client. Sometimes what I find interesting, and, you know, maybe this isn't something to be talking about is I, I find it sometimes like, you know, interesting when our clients are just, you know, it, it, it's, it's the human nature of what this is. And, and, and you try to be sensitive to the fact when you have to kind of go to your client and say, Hey, you need to recall all of your inventory. It's bad. Like people are getting, and you kind of see them struggling with whether they actually want to do it or not. And you're kind of like in your head, you're just like, you know, on the one hand, like I get it. This is your business. On the other hand, it's like, but people are going to get hurt. So you have to do it. Um, I always find those scenarios to be interesting. Um, you know, Shark Tank. I mean, we have so many clients in Shark Tank who've been through the Shark Tank process, who've been on Shark Tank. Um, I find that interesting just because a lot of our clients are not the success stories that you you hear about on TV. 
Um, they, you know, many of them got picked uh, to do a deal. Um, not a lot of those deals apparently go through as I've learned over the time, like not necessarily, you know, just because you make a deal on TV doesn't mean it's going to happen in real life. Um, there's a lot of documentation, but it just always is interesting to me how, you know, a lot of my clients are in distress kind of came from, from Shark Tank. You know, they kind of missed, they didn't really understand that. I guess they didn't get driven to Amazon and that was bad for two reasons. One, they missed a market. Amazon's a huge market. And I don't think the sharks have been pushing Amazon as a channel as much as they probably should have in the, in the earlier years. Um, but two, what ends up happening is if your product makes waves, somebody else is going to copy it and sell it on Amazon. So it's like, it's kind of like a double whammy. It's kind of like a whipsaw where like, you know, you're not even aware of this. So by the time I, I a lot of times will get clients for Shark Tank, they'll be, they'll be like, I don't know what to do. I've got all these, you know, uh, people ripping off my patent or people ripping off my product uh, on Amazon. I don't know what to do about it. Um, you know, and those people will be making millions of dollars and the sell and the Shark Tank person is like made nothing uh, in the whole process and they want to throw in the towel. So I've, I've seen that story come to life many times. Um, other things, I mean, obviously, I think the tax story, this, there was this big sales tax issue back that start when, you know, when I got started. I always think that's interesting because it was just such a fraud. I mean, it was like um, I, I, you know, I, I could dedicate an entire like crime show on this story, but basically it was really impressive to me that not impressive in a good way, but just really shocking to me that, you know, state governments were that willing to sell out their own people and basically forego billions in tax revenue to, you know, encourage Amazon to build a warehouse and then put the blame on a bunch of like, you know, unknowing small businesses out of state, a lot of women owned businesses, a lot of minority owned businesses getting hit with these totally bogus and illegal tax assessments trying to cover up that they just basically made an awful deal. Uh, and a probably a legal deal with Amazon. So that was always fascinating, that just going through that process. Um, and we've had some wins in the courts on that issue, but just as a whole, that, that it happened, uh, that always impresses me. That, that just I just can't believe that, that that is actually real. Well, I'd be fascinated to hear your true crime show about... Yeah. I don't um, know if it would be well, well rated. It's the tax, it would be about taxes, but... You know, I, I think it's interesting. You know, it's 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 pretty nefarious uh, what happened, and and just you know, it's it's a it's a total corruption cesspool that most people don't realize. Anyone who was in the Amazon space in 2017 probably knows me and knows what I'm talking about. But if you weren't there, you have no idea what happened. But it was really bad. You've achieved a lot of success for your clients in your own firm. What's your biggest challenge now? <sighs> kind of. Um, so, yeah, I mean, our firm is really focused on, you know, uh, what do they say in the TV show? It's like uh, closing situations, right? So we we deal with a lot of uh, odd issues and we like to be fixers and closers for our clients in that respect like, to solve tough problems. Um, we typically like to keep our clients out of a courtroom. We always tell our clients, you know, there's really no place for you in a courtroom. Like that's the last place you're going to go. And we give that advice both on a perspective, like sort of, you know, hey, if we're reviewing this contract with you, let's let's be realistic about how you would enforce this. Would it really, what would it look like? What would you really, you know, be able to do? Because the cost of litigation is so, so expensive. I don't think people realize that you're talking six figures most of the time um, to go through this process. Um, we always try to coach our clients, you know, with the understanding that most cases you're not going to have the courts as an answer. So this is really these complex documents are really just an agreement and an understanding between you and the other party, but you just may not have a remedy. 
Um, so it's interesting to dance around that situation when you have to be honest with your clients. I think a lot of lawyers don't emphasize hazards of litigation enough. You know, they just simply look at legal issues from sort of a pure academic standpoint, like a law teacher, like a teacher, or professor, and their students, like who would win in this situation? But that's, you know, that's not the game. You know, this, you know, a lot of, a lot of legal pressure can be applied just by who has more money to burn on legal fees. And that's unfortunate in a society. So, you know, that's a challenge we always have to deal with in coaching our clients and sort of explain to them, like, here's what you're doing. Here's what your remedies are. Um, and here's how you handle it. Um, other challenges, just kind of figure out where to go. You know, we've pivoted a lot in our law practice with the times. You know, we were handling price gouging issues in the middle of COVID. Um, obviously, the tax issue, uh, FTC issues and Amazon, you know, review issues when 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 uh, Amazon is cracking down on those review issues. Always dealing with Amazon account health. We have a whole separate company and a whole separate business that just deals with Amazon account health called Seller Basics, which is designed for for people who have to deal with that Amazon stuff on a, on a regular basis. Um, you know, today the challenge is I think it's, you know, it's going to be looking, taking a second look at IP enforcement. I feel like that's where my mind's headed. I think that a lot of people believe that, you know, when their stuff is being ripped off by competitors overseas, especially in, in China, they're sort of unreachable. And there's some truth to that, right? Like you can't, you're not going to have an easy time suing someone in China. It's, it's almost impossible trying to collect on a debt from a, from a judgment. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost impossible, but there are ways to do it. Um, for example, we've sued and we have, we have captured the funds that are in Amazon. And if they're a big enough seller, it might make sense. So I'm kind of looking at IP enforcement is probably where I'm focused next is just doing more of it. Um, for our clients, more likely going to be our larger clients, but um, something to just kind of pivot to um, as the economy ch changes. Um, but we're still doing a lot of the same stuff. We're still doing um, a decent chunk of M&A or exits, but just not as much as we used to. So, you know, we're, we're out there looking for the, you know, the new challenge is kind of just trying to see what the next trend is, what the next issue is, the next big thing. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? Uh, I like, I like helping the people we help. I think it's, it's rewarding to get, you know, real human feedback when you're doing these things. It's really, um, it's great to kind of have that. It's not something I was ever used to in the practice of law. Like I used to tell a story where, you know, I would save, you know, hypothetically, like I would save General Electric, like a hundred million dollars in some issue, you know, in like, uh, you know, Kansas or something. And, you know, we'd be fighting the government and we get a good, good outcome, maybe save them a hundred million bucks. And I'm like, that would be a, a gift card to Applebee's or something like that in return. Whereas here, you know, it, it really does. It really is nice to actually help people grow their businesses. What I particularly like, um, you know, is when we see the investment we make in our clients on the front end pay off, because I do think we are fairly easy to work with and cheaper on the front end when businesses are young, because we build our practice that we want to meet. We want to meet everybody and just kind of be there for you as a sounding board for major events. And then as you grow, you use us more. And certainly as you exit, we would like to be there for part of the exit, which is sort of, you know, where you're at a different place. So we've had clients who, you know, we're barely selling a million dollars a year when I met them in 2017. And then come 2020, 2021, they're selling their business for, uh, you know, 10 million bucks. So I always enjoy that watching that happen when, you know, clients that I've known for a long time get to that point. It's, it's always satisfying to see that. 
Absolutely. Well, for our folks who are watching and listening and want to learn more, what is the, where is the best place for them to go learn about all things Paul and the law practice? So uh, we have a website, ecomattorneys.com or ecom.law for short, uh, if you want to do that one. And then if you're interested in our legal plan uh, program, which is sort of separate from our law firm, which is, you know, an easy way to get help, there's sellerbasics.com, which is a company I started uh, right before the pandemic. And basically what it does is it's like, uh, it's like a legal plan. It's not a law firm. It's, it's got a network of attorneys. I'm one of them, but there are other attorneys out there as well. And you can sort of for a hundred bucks a month, you know, if you ever have a question, you can bounce an idea, you know, a question off an attorney. And, and the whole idea of premise for creating that program, uh, the program also covers you in the event of any Amazon account health issues. But the, the premise for me in, in offering a service like that was that for a lot of my clients who get into real trouble, uh, we always find that a lot of it's preventable. And the way it's preventable is, you know, if you had talked to an attorney 15 minutes before you did the thing. That, that caused the bad thing to happen. Um, so it's sort of like the Geico commercial, like 15 minutes, you know, with an attorney could save you your business. Um, that's kind of what we designed Seller Basics around was was giving people access to good account health service and uh, just access to that phone of friend lawyer uh, whenever you need it before you make a big decision in your business. All right. Well, we greatly appreciate your time. This has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Paul Raffleson. Paul, thanks again for joining us. Thanks so much. Have a great one. You too. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.